This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. On this Double Game Week's second episode of the podcast, I told Drew a story that we can all relate to. Filthy rich Russian soccer owners. Yeah, uh, got a lot to relate to with those guys. Wipe your butt with your rubles, son. This is Deadball Brothers. Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy, healthy dose of stupidity. Brought to you this week by Indeed and BetOnline.ag and a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This podcast is so stupid, I just stabbed. You you definitely did. <laughs> and by you, I mean my real-life brother, who I'm always joined by, Drew Snavely. Yes, that is my name, and I am joined by... My real life brother, Adam Whitaker Snavely, mm. your most favorite freelance writer and writer for a, a lot of other things. A that bunch of other things currently. He could say right now, but I am. The described. Soccer Minute, uh, doing stuff for the Power Hour, sometimes doing things for Blue Wire Podcasts, our podcast network. So cool. I decided to switch it up on you with the introduction. Yeah, just you really to did. See how you would react, and you, uh, you passed. You know what? I was tap dancing a little bit, but. But you did remember my name. I handled it. Good it work. Was, it was tough, but I was able to pull through. Good job. Didn't call you Luke. Hey. <laughs> so that puts you one step ahead of mom. Yes, it does. <laughs> or Rio, our, our dog. There was definitely a point R. in time. Well, yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> There's definitely a time where mom was trying to find my name and cycled through all of our siblings. So said your name and then Luke's name and then Olivia's name and then your name again. And then our dog's name <laughs> before she managed to get to my name. You know, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty bad. But you know, my my mother in law has called me their dog's name before. It's like a sign on of, multiple occasions. It's like a sign of endearment. Zeke. That's what I'm that's what I'm gonna go <laughs> yeah. with. That's totally a sign of endearment. And not anything else yeah, deeper yeah, yeah, or yeah. more concerning. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Dogs are really cute. Dogs are cute. And so, dude. so are you, dude. You're a cute guy. Dude, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I like welcome. to I like to think that I'm a cutie. You're a cutie, dude. Thanks. <laughs> well, Drew, as I said in the intro to the podcast, this is a double game week. It is. Uh, we're due for actually this and probably another double game week because we had a, a couple of missing weeks in there in the summer. Yeah. So we're gonna figure all that out, but we are releasing two podcast episodes this week, and this is the second one, which you will probably be hearing. A couple days after the first one, but just know that in our time, it is about five minutes after the first yeah, one. Yeah, we are cranking out content right now. So we don't have any like new current soccer happenings to talk to you about, but we do still have history, baby. So, so much history. Because it's still there. History is timeless. <laughs> sure. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Now, <laughs> Drew. Yes. If I asked you to name some Greek soccer teams, and I told you that pronouncing them correctly doesn't count, doesn't okay. matter. Okay. 
What are some teams you think you could name just off the top of your head? I mean, Olympiacos. Sure. It's like number one. Yeah. Um, I think there's a team that starts with like AEK. Yep. AEK Athens. Yes. Correct. Yep. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm sure there are more that I, I'm really struggling to find right now, but. Those, uh, those are the ones that are coming to you. Those are the ones that are coming to me. Yeah. Well, Drew, those are indeed some Greek teams. <laughs> okay. Pass some the of, test. Both of those teams are included in the top three most successful teams that Greece has ever seen, in fact. I'm pumped. And both of them share one big thing in common. Okay. They're both based in Athens. Yes. Since the 1920s, one of three major Athenian teams, Olympiakos, the big one that you didn't name, Panathinaikos. Ah, uh, yes. And AEK Athens. Yes. Have won 77 of the 84 Greek First Division championships that have occurred. So you could say there's a big three. Yes. There is certainly <laughs> a big three. That is, 45 of those went to Olympiakos, 20 of them went to Panathinaikos, and 12 of them to AEK. Okay. For those of you keeping score at home that are yes. really invested in this Greek Super League yes, battle yes. for supremacy. Athens has so utterly dominated modern Greek soccer that only three other teams have won a Greek championship in that time period from two Greek cities. One of those teams, however, managed to get that championship victory in 2019. Oh, wow. That's recent. It is. Very recent. P-A-O-K from Thessaloniki. Okay. P-A-O-K. P-A-O-K. They've been around in Europa League. They have been. I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, they've, they have, specifically in the last, like, five or six years. Yeah. They've qualified for it a few times. Yeah. Yes. P-A-O-K from Thessaloniki, who managed to break an Athenian championship streak that stretched back to 1988. Wow. When AEL, a team from Larissa, managed to win it. It was PAOK's third Greek championship, and their first since 1985. How did they manage to finally break that Athenian streak? Well, it's simple, really. Classic Russian strongman tactics. Okay. We're talking about Russia, baby. <laughs> yeah. We're all in on the I Russians. I was really curious how we were going to tie in Russians into all of this. Oh, yeah. We're already there. We're there. Ivan Savidis was born in 1959. Great year. As his first name suggests, he was born in what was then the Soviet Union, and then what eventually became the independent nation of Georgia in 1991. Ah. Shots out 91. Shots out Georgia. Adam Whitaker Snavely established 19, 1991. Georgia the country, not the state. Georgia the country, not the state. Bordered by Russia to the north, Turkey to the south, and the Black Sea to the west. As his last name would suggest, however, Savidis had Greek ancestry. Which is going to be very important soon, as the opening of the story would suggest. I was going to say, he's got to get some skin in that Greek game. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Savidis served in the Soviet army as a young man, before beginning to work his way up through the agriculture and tobacco industry in the southern USSR, following his discharge from military service, and had a stint at the Rostov State University of Economics in between. Very cool. Soon, Savidis worked his way all the way up to the general director position of the CJSC Donskoy Tabak, which okay. was 
the largest tobacco co- company in Russia. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. The name totally indicates yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. knew that. If you thought it was something else, I don't know why. <laughs> You're dumb. <laughs> You're stupid. Unsurprisingly, this helped make Savitis an extremely wealthy man. Yeah. As is often the case with extremely wealthy Russian businessmen. <laughs> Gosh. Savitis soon got himself into politics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. Obviously. <laughs> Go crazy. Well, we just actually talked about a, a French wealthy. Yes. Poli- he also dipped his toes in politics. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, and He happened to be corrupt. He happened to be corrupt. Imagine that. Like a lot of politicians and rich people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, Savitis got into politics. He served in various state and national positions beginning in the late 90s. And before you ask, being a wealthy businessman that subsequently got involved with politics means that Savitis became fairly close with Vladimir Putin. Ah, uh, yes. Everything always leads back to Vladimir Putin. Oh, man. It really sucks. Now, he became fairly close with Vladimir Putin for long and also served on committees at which Putin served as the head. But Savitius was looking for more to invest in, something to sink his teeth into. Diversify that portfolio. That portfolio Mm, got to get wide, baby. Yeah. He tried his hand at sporting ownership when he was named president of FC Rostov in 2002. Okay. But that stint only lasted about three years. It wasn't until 2012... Mm. Getting recent, recent history. It wasn't the end until, of the uh, Mayan calendar. <laughs> it wasn't until the end of times <laughs> that Savides settled on a long-term sports ownership opportunity that he couldn't pass up. P-A-O-K. P-A-O-K. I mean, how can you turn down a name like that? <laughs> A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K. <laughs> oh, gosh. Shouts okay, out, Arthur the Arthur. Shouts out to Arthur and the Spelling Bee episode. Yeah. That scene is... I don't know, tattooed to my brain. Seared in my mind. PAOK, a team in the northern Greek city of Thessaloniki. Thessaloniki is the second largest city in Greece after Athens. And in the 2010s, it wasn't a great place to be, as a lot of Greece wasn't a great place to be in the 2000s, considering Greece's prolonged financial crises that rocked the country. Oh, gosh. Initially in the wake of the 2004 Olympics. Yes. Uh, that kind of kind of set the whole thing in motion, but really almost at one point toppled like the entire European Union. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was rough. It was terrible. not not good. Terrible, terrible. PAOK were a decent club, but it had been decades since they last won a title in Greece. Savidis had a plan to change all that, which included oodles of money, which he had. Mm-hmm. The same year he purchased a controlling stake in PAOK, he was also named one of the richest men in the world by Forbes. Oh, so cool. we're dealing with a we're dealing with somebody that money has literally no object. A rich to guy. Yes. Yeah. Real one of the rich. richest. One of the richest. <laughs> if you're making those Forbes lists, you're doing something right, I guess, in the yeah. financial sector, or doing something very wrong, which makes it look like you're doing something really right. Drew. Por que no los dos? <laughs> As they say. <laughs> As they say. Savidis got to work in northern Greece. He paid off all the club's debt, which there was a considerable amount of. Yeah. He also began purchasing properties in the city like it was going out of style. The Macedonia Palace Hotel, a tobacco factory called Secap or S-E-K-A-P. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh-huh. 
He had partial ownership of the port of Thessaloniki. Obviously. Multiple newspapers he bought. And a 19% controlling interest in Mega Channel, a television network in Greece. Wow. Journalist and author Tassos Alevras noted that the moves for both the soccer club and the properties around Thessaloniki were strikingly similar to the actions of one Evangelos Medinakis. Medinakis. Yeah. Who happened to be the owner of Olympiakos. Okay. He also happened to own many ship and port interests, as well as newspapers, radio stations, and also a stake in Mega Channel. Uh Uh-huh. 22% for him. Okay. As it would happen. Speaking on Savidis, Oleva stated, basically, he owns half the city now. Yeah. So he kind of came in and bought almost everything he could. A powerful dude. Yeah. He, yeah. he immediately, almost seemingly overnight, became like one of the most powerful men in Greece. Yeah. And definitely the most powerful man in Thessaloniki. Yeah. Which is, which is a, a, yeah, yeah, it's a power move. Slightly alarming. It's a big, yeah, no. Yeah. It definitely doesn't feel great. No. It feels concerning, yeah. sure. Copying the Athenian playbook on ownership, wealth, and soccer success was one way to get things going for a down-on-their-luck club from northern Greece. But it was going to take more than that to get them an actual title. That was going to take patience, fire, and um, some threatening gestures made with weapons. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast brought to you by Indeed. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the podcast, brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, 
your online sportsbook experts. the second half of the second episode of the double game week that we are currently in for dead ball brothers adam such a dynamic way to bring it back (laughs) it's the uh the announcer that's in my blood that's just coursing through your veins (laughs) um there are there is a russian just one specific russian who is doing threatening gestures with weapons Ah, in a different country which he partially owns now. Yeah. yeah. And all these things are incredibly alarming and scary. And if I was living in Greece at the time, I mean, I guess it's not that long ago. That time being still right right now. now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I would be scared. I guess. Definitely a little little concerned. Intimidated by this sure this presence yeah mm-hmm. i would say i would say that's a correct yeah. assessment yeah now to recap the tldr the first half yeah. ivan sabidis wealthy russian owner with the greek ancestry who goes and buys a greek club as part of a vanity project and attempts to turn it into a juggernaut that feels like a, a very familiar story yes yes well let's talk about the parts where sabidis gets a little bit more publicly hardcore than the roman abramoviches of the world okay just for another example yeah yeah Savides might have been ethnically Greek, but he was still extremely Russian. He doesn't speak a ton of Greek publicly, if at all, and usually talks through a translator when he has to make public public statements. Yeah. But Savides did manage to figure out how to get the public on his side, fueling a long-simmering resentment PAOK and many citizens of Thessaloniki had towards Athens. Not only did they feel like all the attention was lavished upon Athens in the press and in the economic battle that all of Greece waged, there were also the matter of persistent rumors regarding some possible match fixing uh, and yes. questionable referee decisions. <laughs> in the minds of many PAOK fans, the fix was always in for the Athenian clubs, and teams from elsewhere simply didn't have the money nor the notoriety to disrupt all of that. And it's hard to argue with them. Athenian Cubs literally won every Greek Super League championship for like 30 years. Straight. Yeah. Which is insane to think about. Yeah, that is very, very pretty crazy. brutal. It's like if London teams won for 30 straight years. Yeah. When, in fact, London teams, I guess Chelsea has been successful recently. And Arsenal was like successful in the league. Yes. Like for a few years. But other than that, it's really been in the North. It has been. <laughs> the North remembers. The North remembers. <laughs> now, Savides quickly sought out to change all of that. He settled the club debts, injected a huge amount of cash into various industries in Northern Greece with his purchases. That must be said that that has been, I guess, I think, a positive change in Northern mm-hmm. Greece, that he did significantly help business. Um, just by the amount of money that he spent when he like bought all these businesses. Yeah. So that helped out a bunch of people, I suppose. Yeah. It definitely also helped him out. Definitely. <laughs> Crazy how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Soon, PAOK's roster value was also equal to the Titans of Greece, Olympiakos, at okay. a cool $70 million about Ooh, roundabout worth. Pretty nice. Not bad. Not bad at all. Especially for Greece. Yeah. 
The club's fortunes began to swing up. In 2014-15, they finished in fourth place. Okay. The next season, they repeated the fourth place finish before finishing in third the season after that. The following season, second place. And needing just a little push to get over the hump, Savidis tried to take matters into his own hands. Oh, goodness. <laughs> PAOK were locked in a race to the top of the Greek Super League, this time with AEK Athens. Surprise. It's yeah. an Athens club. Yeah. And on March 11th, 2018, the two clubs played each other. The implications of the game were very clear. The winner would have a clear path to the Super League Championship that year. It's one of those games that you often hear referred to as like a six-point game. Yes. Because you're locked in the title pursuit with this team. So not yes. only are is a win three points for you, but also zero points for them. So yeah. it feels like, like six, six point, points. Like yeah. a six-pointer. Yes. The match, as can be expected, was a tightly confessed... Confested? Confested. Contested. <laughs> tightly contested affair. Infested with controversy. Infested with fouls and chances and <laughs> lots of people running. Uh, plenty of fouls. There were some... some <laughs> I watched the highlights of the game. Full-blooded challenges. I'd imagine it uh, would be a, a very heated match. Oh, yeah. it's uh, It was certainly not um, the coolest heads. And with it being so recent, you get like really good quality videos. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the, the picture? It's Outstanding. HD. Yeah. yeah. 1080p 4K. <laughs> Plenty of fouls, but also plenty of chances abounded for both sides as each team fought tooth and nail for every shot, a bit of space, some nice saves, some unfortunate finishing at times. It was a, it was a very entertaining game. Yeah. But despite all that, the game remained nil-nil through the first half and into the second Time kept taking on, and more and more chances kept coming, but neither team seemed to be able to break the deadlock. And you start getting down to the end of the game, and you're kind of like, well, all right, we can't, we just can't give up big chances now. Yeah. Because ultimately, a draw and just hoping the other team screws it up themselves for the, during the rest of the season is far better yes. than pumping everybody forward and then giving up a bad like counterattack. Yes. That, that's always the worst. Definitely. Never feels good. Never. But in the 89th minute, Ooh. a PAOK corner swung into the box and was met by the head of one Fernando Varela who thumped the ball into the AEK goal. He thumped it right in there, dude. The crowd went into raptures. Yes. The PAOK bench cleared, all mobbing Varela. The AEK players sat on the field, their heads slumped down in defeat. Those as losers. PAOK took a one nothing lead, seemingly with only stoppage time, to see a, a result off that would that would kind of clear the path for them to to really make this title run. Yeah. They hadn't won a title in thirty years. Remarkable. It's been forever. They were yeah. ready. This is kind of like a, almost almost on par with like a um, a a Stevie G pre slip kind of moment. Oh my god! Of of pumped. Yes. Yeah. 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 Paok fans were thinking, "This is it. Yeah, we're gonna win. We're gonna win." Oh no! 
Now I said <laughs> the Stevie G slip. <laughs> now I said that the AEK players sat on the field, their heads slumped down. When I said that, I meant most of the AEK players, because a few of them immediately jogged over to the linesman and began berating him. Before the center referee went over himself to clear the scrum and talk to the linesman himself. After a few moments of deliberation and confusion and also celebration and, and none of the PAOK players paying attention, the ref raised his arm, blew his whistle, and pointed back towards the AEK goal. Uh, no. While the AEK players celebrated as if they had just won the title. The call was offside. Yeah. Now, Fernando Varela was nowhere close to being offside. Oh, gosh. He was probably... He headed the ball probably beyond the penalty spot. Uh-huh. And was there was a scrum of players all in front of him. Yeah. Very, very clear. The problem was that as the shot was headed goal-bound, another PAOK player who had been stationed closer to the near post leaped over it. The, the ball going between his legs... And mm. in. He didn't touch it. Yeah. But it did travel between his legs. And did it like affect the keeper's reaction mm. to the goal? The AEK defenders, however, had all pushed up when the corner kick was taken, leaving the AEK player in oh. an offside position. Yes. So the referee determined the call was that the PAOK player played an active role in the goal without touching it. While in an offside position, that was that was the call. I mean, he dummied the ball into he, the he net. He did. He did perform something of a dummy. Yeah. The reasoning behind it, I'd have to say, was that the PAOK player. Here's the thing: the PAOK player didn't obstruct the keeper's view at all, okay. which I think is what happens a lot with these calls, especially yeah. on corner kicks. Where, like, you have players that are kind of set up on the goal line, uh-huh. and you see sometimes a player kind of screens the goalkeeper so they can't see it and the ball goes past them. This is not the case here. Yeah. The goalkeeper had kind of, as the ball had swung to the, it was closer to the far, far post and kind of out. So the keeper had stepped out a little bit and had moved over towards his far post. Gotcha. So he sees the ball clearly. Yeah. Fernando Varela heads the ball back towards the near post Uh where his teammate happened to be. The keeper sees it all the way. But the reason I'd have to go with was that by letting the ball go through his legs, the PAOK player was preventing the keeper from making a potential save on the ball. Like he was physically blocking him. Yeah. Now, I watched this replay several times Uh to get my kind of like unbiased opinion Let's see. What's your opinion? By the time the ball went through the PAOK player's legs, the keeper had already dived, had already dove for the ball and missed. Gotcha. He went for it. He missed and actually dove in front of that player who was kind of moving backwards and Uh jumped over the ball in a way that actually his momentum carried him into the goal when he landed alongside the ball. Did he adjust? Did the keeper adjust his dive because there was a player there? Possibly. Potentially. Maybe. It's a super tight call either way. Yeah. Like, if I was the referee, 
it's such a it's such a bang bang call. It sucks either way. Even 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 looking, I don't think they had VAR at the time. Yeah. Even if you looked at it with VAR, I still don't know exactly what I would say. Gotcha. Because he definitely was in an offside position. And you can make the argument that he played an active role in the goal. But also, on the other side of things, the goalkeeper didn't make the save before the ball went through that guy's legs. Uh And I think you could easily make the argument that he wasn't going to save it anyway. Gotcha. But the call came in offside. Yes. And that was that. Yeah. All of a sudden, we're back to a nil-nil game. Yeah, not much you can do about that. And, I mean, the whole question of was the goalkeeper going to save it in the first place is, like, the million-dollar question uh-huh. in all of yeah, this. Yeah, of course. PAOK was furious. Mm-hmm. But no one was as furious as Ivan Savidis. <laughs> oh, I, yes. Which became incredibly clear in the confusion generated by the referee calling back what would have been the winning goal. <laughs> Savidis marched down to the field. Pulled out his gun. Mm. Oh, no. Uh, oh, my gosh. He pulled out a gun? Okay, not quite, but <laughs> flanked by his bodyguards. And as he marched straight onto the field, both to take his players off and to accost the referees himself with the game clock still running. The game is still happening, Oh, my gosh. And it, the game isn't over when he does yeah. this. He just goes. He just goes when the game is still happening and the confusion is still running through. With everything happening, he marches on the field. And several photographers all captured the same thing. Savidis very clearly had a gun strapped to his hip. Oh my gosh. Just like had like a Glock just right yeah, there. Yeah. Walking right out to go <laughs> yell at the referees. Yeah. And. Like how did he get that in there? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Allegedly told the center referee, you're dead. Allegedly said that. Oh my god! Not confirmed. Yeah. Nobody has has said that. So that was a report that I saw. But yeah, not great. Possibly. So we have the owner that went onto the field in the middle of the game with a gun and told the referee that you're dead. I mean, he probably didn't say you're doing a great job. No, he definitely didn't congratulate him no. on the performance. He, uh, he definitely said something d- different than that. Savidis eventually took his team off the pitch, yeah. and the game was abandoned. Okay. The Super League, in the wake of all of this, yeah, they reviewed the footage, and they awarded AEK a 3-0 victory. Oh, wow. Because PAOK technically abandoned the match that was still happening. Yeah. And that was the standard Greek Super League rulebook, that if you abandon a match, and it's not like a extenuating circumstances and all that it's a three nil win for the other team yes effectively this became the six point swing for eek yeah like we talked about before yeah narrowly escaping what very well might have been a loss and a paok victory and then getting upgraded from a draw to a victory for themselves incredible at the end of the season aek won the league over paok in second place by a margin of six points Ooh. Ooh. Oh, man. So who is better on goal differential? That's what I'm curious about. Um, You know what? I can look that up right now. I'm not entirely certain. I just know that that six-point number was... Uh, well, yeah, it's spicy. It makes the whole thing... Yeah, because if PAOK was 
better on goal differential, then it really matters. If they weren't, then it doesn't entirely matter because they still would have tied on points. But Athens would have, have won the league just based off a of goal differential. PAOK had a goal differential of 40 on the season. Uh-huh. And AEK Athens had a goal differential of 38. Okay, and so you also, you also have to think about the three-goal swing. Because they gave yeah a um they gave Athens so really Athens' goal differential is more like thirty five yeah and uh, um AEOK's goal differential is more like forty three forty one forty one if, if you say that like originally this was the yes this the, was the, the, the one nil victory yeah. something yeah. like that so so yeah yeah PEOK fans were not pleased no definitely not Ivan Savidis. <laughs> Was fined a hundred thousand euros and banned from any from entering any soccer stadium for the next three years. As he should. After the incident, however, Greek police were reportedly looking for him, but they did not find him as Savidis and his son and family were already on a plane back to Russia. Oh my gosh! And under Greek law, they couldn't arrest him if they didn't find him within twenty four hours of the incident. <laughs> what? You remember last episode when I said that's a terrible law to have? Yeah. This is also a terrible law to have. Yeah, it's Apparently, an even worse law. For this type of offense, if you don't find a person within 24 hours, they're free. Like, you can't charge them with anything. No, we've, we forgot what you did. We don't even know what it was anymore. So, so Savidi's basically got a slap on the wrist yeah. from, from the Greek Football Federation or whatever for what he did for that. But... The legal trouble that he would have been in, he just basically got out of because he fled the country and then came back like a week later. Incredible. <laughs> like, didn't didn't matter. Absolutely incredible. Nothing, nothing applied to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the game against AEK Athens only fueled PAOK's underdog mentality and sense of lost justice. Like, like justice has not been served here. <laughs> yeah. As yet another decision had broken the way of Athens. Yeah. The next season, PAOK crushed AEK in the league, finishing 23 points in front of them. Oh, wow. As well as five points ahead of Olympiacos to topple the Athenian gods of the Super League and take home the title for the first time in over three decades. Yeah, that's crazy. After the win... The still-banned Savidis <laughs> stayed true to his form of appealing to Northern Greek pride, saying through a translator, We have laid the foundations for what I hope is the start of some great achievements. Let those in Athens think with a clear head. What they did to us made us stronger by the day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Was he still in Russia at the time? No, he's in Greece. He was in Greece. He no, just he's wasn't in Greece. at the he game. Just, he just wasn't allowed to be at yeah, any yeah. of the games. Yeah. So he could oh, just man. go back and forth. He's like in a blimp above the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the throngs of PAOK fans celebrated their team and their owner vociferously, which is a great word. Vociferously. Through the night. Patting your own back. The night against AEK a year before now counted as a point of pride. Around the White Tower, a 75-foot-tall ramification that serves as a monument to the city of Thessaloniki, PAOK fans danced and sang, Ivan, get your gun. 
Oh my gosh. Are you the, kidding me? The best musical that was ever written. <laughs> it's like remix. They, they, literally, they literally sang Ivan Get Your Gun. Ivan Get Your Gun. Yeah, wow. Dude. Wow. Um, it should be noted Greek fans are crazy. Yeah, seriously. Okay, so who won who won the twenty twenty? Last Please. season? Yeah, who won last season? Um, last season, I believe, was... Um, oh, wait, that's this season. Last season was Olympiacos. Olympiacos. PAOK came in second place, although they were a distant second. They were Man, like, they're... Mm, almost 20 points behind Olympiacos. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Olympiacos just... came back with vengeance. Yeah, they, they just crushed the league yeah. last year. But PAOK still came in second. So yeah. still a very good team. Yeah, Definitely. definitely. Savidis remains a controversial figure to many in the West. (laughs) Yes. As any Russian politician and oligarch with control over a key port in northern Greece and considerable influence at the crossroads of Europe and Asia tends to be, as well as having close ties to Putin. All these things converge to be like, hmm, hmm, hmm. I wonder if this person is all clean. A little suspicious. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. But in Thessaloniki, he's become something of a modern day god himself. Seemingly above the rule of law and with an army of loyal supporters, thanks to a soccer championship many never thought would come. <laughs> and also thanks to his gun. I was going to say, did, um, do you know if the, the referee who officiated that match between AEK Athens and PAOK uh, is still alive? I, I, yes, he is still Okay, alive. that's great. That's great news. He, he, he did not die. <laughs> that's, that's very nice. Um, I, I didn't find news about him, but I imagine that if he had died, it would have been very large news. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it probably would have been a, a big... It's hard to touch a referee after a game like that, especially when allegations come out that you said you're dead. Oh, yeah, dude. Because, <laughs> oh, like, oh, if yeah. they end up dead... And foul plays suspected a massive target is on your you mm. specifically. Mm. So yeah, uh, it's it's it would definitely be a be an issue. Yeah, for yeah, him. definitely. Um. Now, yeah, that's the story of Ivan Savidis and PAOK. Sources for the story are uh, Florian Schmitz for DW, Helen Smith for the Guardian, the Arab News. The Associated Press and Kike Rubio for AS Football. I love the name Kike. Kike. It's just Kike Flores Sanchez. Yeah, I, I just think the name Kike is very, very cool. Yeah, it is a cool name for um, sure. And also a big shout out to uh, our boy Dave, also known as Flor Mingos. Oh, who was the one who suggested this story? Shouts to Dave. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember when this story broke because it was so it was so recent and I just I I vividly remember the news that some Greek owner had walked out on the field with a gun and threatened a referee. Yeah. But I never looked more into it past that and I was like, Whoa, this is kinda cool, like yeah. kinda crazy how that is a cool story. He like took over a full city but then also like helped get this team its first title in thirty years. And yeah. It's, it's kinda complicated and, and deep. So I was like, Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. It's wild. So we can we can we can yeah. deadball this. This wow. seems like a solid Thanks, deadball. Dave. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Uh, and thank you, listener, for yeah. listening to this episode of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And if you love this podcast, um, it would be a great, 
great benefit to us if you could leave a five-star review like our younger brother Luke Snavely did. And I'm going to read his review right now. Oh, let's go, Luke. <laughs> let's go, Luke. Snaves97 says, Oh, brothers, why art thou? <laughs> <laughs> Just a strong vote of confidence from, yes. from the third dead ball brother. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Absolutely killing the soccer history pod in a great way and pronunciations in a less great way? Question mark. Mm. <laughs> a tributary haiku I meant to write months ago. Come for the soccer, stay for the stupidity, and 69's nice. Thank you. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> Thank you, question mark. P.S. No idea what username will show up for this review, but if it's SnaveDog97 from over 10 years ago, nice. What username did show up? It was Snaves97. Snaves97. So he not was not quite SnaveDog. SnaveDog. I but feel like we all had a SnaveDog phase. I definitely had a snave dog phase. I had a, most people stuck with snaves. Yeah, That's you what, you stuck with snaves. I did. I did stuck with snaves. I made it my thing. I mean, I got Twitter when I was in high school originally, so that yeah. just kind of that was what most people called me. Yeah. Mom calls all of us snave. Oh yeah, including um, dad. <laughs> um. There was at least one person on my soccer team that called me Snavaldino. Snavaldino. Which was in jest because I was not a starter. <laughs> <laughs> but it stuck. Uh, infinite jest. <laughs> David, David Foster, Foster Wallace. Wallace baby. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you want to support our podcast in any other way, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter. We are at DeadballPod. And on Facebook, we are Deadball Brothers. You can... Find us there. Yeah, just yeah. In the search bar. You can email us any story ideas or questions or concerns about the podcast. You can email us at deadballpod at gmail.com. Yes, you can. And um, also, we have merch. We do have merch. We have a Teespring store. The link is in the description of this podcast. We have t-shirts. We have sweatshirts designed by yours truly, Adam Whitaker Snavely. Rap Siren, Rap Siren. <laughs> and they come at a pretty affordable cost, are, if I do say so myself. Good, decent price. I know point. times are hard, and so we understand. If, if you don't buy a dumb t-shirt from us. Yes, because there are definitely wiser ways to spend or save your money. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. But if you want a real dumb way to spend your money, <laughs> you can spend it on us, baby. Absolutely. Um, I think that is basically everything. It's still not too late to join our WTFPL league. Yes. Our fantasy soccer league. Um, the code is on our Twitter if you need to find that. You'd be a week behind, but it's never too late to join. I lost to people who started on game week two or three last year i am sure of it well and if you already have uh an fpl team you can you, still join you can still join and you don't have any penalties like your points from the first week will still count in this league so which that's always beautiful. an option we Very actually beautiful. we almost have 100 people in the league yes which i just looked at and saw and i was like whoa where where all these people come from it's very so cool that's like almost double the size of our last year's league so that's awesome uh really really cool but yeah if you want to join that if you want to follow us on all, all of our socials do that if you want to leave us a rating and review it really helps and uh yeah i think that's it so it's time to get out of here it's time to get out of here let's put a let's put a cap on this double game week homie oh, i'm capping it thank you so much for listening to this episode my name is adam whitaker snavely and i am drew and we will see you next week 